You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. It's Wednesday. That means Mike Renner is going to join us here from Pro Football Focus. I am very excited to talk to him. He just put out a mock draft that you all must check out at Pro Football Focus. Mike, what's shaking, man? Not much. Glad to be back. Yeah, absolutely. I always enjoy our chats. And here's what I planned on doing today was we're going to break the show up into three segments. The first one, I'm just going to mention some offensive players that went in Mike's mock in the first round. Second segment, we're just going to talk about some defensive players that went in the, the in the first round. You guys have to go to the site and the article to find out who he matches them up with in terms of teams. And then we're going to go around the NFL a little bit in, in the third segment here. So let's start. I'm just kind of re- scrolling through here and randomly pulling out some names. Jonah Williams. I, we have not done a lot of draft stuff on this show yet. So talk to us like we're at a eighth grade level on these guys. We're not quite in high school. We're definitely not in college yet. But we're out of elementary school. We're familiar with names. You know, uh, just phase two of learning about these guys okay yeah i can do that that's about the level i speak at normally anyway but yeah jonah williams so left tackle alabama the big thing here he's a true junior so he's still pretty young and he's been starting at tackle for alabama since he was a freshman started at right tackle as a freshman moved okay. to left tackle last year had struggled a little bit but that's i mean i think that's to be expected moving from right tackle to left tackle and now as a junior he's just been dominating and that rarely happens you know the rare guys in college dominate as juniors even Mike McGlinchey who was the top tackle drafted last year did not come out until his senior year did not really put it all together until that year so a guy doing it early is rare especially on the offensive line where it's such a technical position him I mean his pass sets are beautiful he doesn't have he's not the 6'6 you know perfect length guy that you might want on the left side but to me he has enough length I don't think it really matters. The movement skills, the technique is already there. I think he goes top five when it's all said and done. Okay. There's a lot of teams at the top that could absolutely use that help. Yes. The Cardinals absolutely come to mind. The Giants, the Bills. I mean, a lot of these teams could go O-line. And it looks like it's a better tackle draft than it's been in a while. Another guy you got going in the top ten is Dalton Risner from Kansas State. Yeah, he's one that I'm not sure is getting top 10 hype just now. I mean, it's so early in the process. I'm not sure Mm. who's necessarily getting hype, but he started for all four years at Kansas State. Uh, He's uh, been very sound in pass protection, been great as a run blocker. Uh, He's another guy, though. He's older than Jonah. He's a fifth-year senior uh, there at Kansas State. But in our grading, he reminds me of just some of the handful of guys who have been on his sort of level in grading in the past, guys like, uh, Jack Conklin, even his old teammate Cody Whitehair, um, this past year, uh, gosh, the name is eluding me at the moment. Uh, Frank Rag, now just guys like that who weren't necessarily getting hype prior to the draft, but they just graded out so well in our system. I think they ended; those guys sort of ended up getting pushed up draft boards towards the end. I think he ends up in a very similar manner, just because he just has not lost very much at the college level at this point. Those guys seem all safe. You know, like there's yes, a lot of doubles. Yes. Yeah. And not, yeah, not, not the home runs, not going to check the, oh, not going to wow you, but they just get, have gotten the job done consistently. Yeah. And I think pro football focus draft stuff is really good for those guys because correct me if I'm wrong. You guys probably wait 
production and snap after snap a little more than, well, this guy projects four years down the road and because he has this athleticism, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's our biggest thing Yeah, uh, is if a guy really hasn't produced, it's just sort of a red flag in our books. It's not saying that he's not going to. It's not saying that, uh, you know, it's not saying that we're not even going to be high on him, but it's just a red flag in terms of you would like to have seen him. You know, if a guy's getting beaten a lot at tackle, uh, usually it's just going to be tough to fix. You'd rather see him not get beaten a lot at sure. tackle at this point. Yeah, sure. Um, a guy who really does seem to be skyrocketing up boards, and I don't think it's because he's a quarterback, although we know those guys go higher than they should, and it's not a great quarterback class. I, I skipped over Herbert on purpose, but I wanted to talk about Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Yeah, so bad quarterback class. I think that's going to push Haskins up. I, if Herbert doesn't declare, I'm not sure anyone else besides Haskins even goes in the first round, despite you know so many teams still needing a quarterback. But Haskins, uh, pocket passer, the things you love is when he does get to stand tall and let it loose in the pocket. He just got a cannon for an arm and can make some special throws down the field. Biggest worry with him was there was a night and day difference between clean pockets and not clean pockets with him, which is understandable considering this is his first year as a starter. First year actually playing, you know, college football. Had nothing, no playing time before this. It's going to, you know, that live action is going to be different. But he really crumbled under pressure. In some big games, even that Penn State game that they ended up winning, he made some ugly, ugly throws when faced with pressure. Now, in our data, we've seen that clean pockets are more indicative of quarterback skill. But at the same time, I, I think you're just going to see a lot more pressure than you do at the NFL level in college. So if it really is something that he's going to struggle with, uh, that's going to be a little worrisome. Yeah, for sure. The, the, the tools are there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I'm scrolling down this first round of your mock, and it's defense, 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 defense. And I'm excited to get to those guys. A lot of offensive linemen as well. Took no wideouts in the top 20. And that's what I've been told, too. I mean, I do a fair amount of fantasy stuff and this upcoming rookie class. It seems like there's varied opinions of who the best receiver is. And I've been told it's a pretty deep receiver class. Like, uh, we might see several of them go from... 20 to 60 in the draft, but there's certainly no Andre Johnson type prospects. Yeah. That's my whole feeling about basically the skill positions in the, the offensive skill positions. There's not the running backs, not close right. to the past couple classes we've seen tight ends. There's some good ones, but I don't think there's any surefire. got to have them, you know, top 10, top 15 type of guys. And it's similar with the wide receivers. There's a lot of good ones. I, I think even more so than last year, last year's class was billed as there's not a single guy that's going to step in and be a stud right away, but there's a bunch of the, late first, early second conversation. I think there's even more this year in that sort of, it's kind of whichever one you're in the mood for. If you want a speed receiver, you get someone like Hollywood Brown out of Oklahoma. You want a bigger receiver, you have, you know, DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss, Nikhil Harry uh, out of Arizona State, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford. So it really is going to depend on what kind of receiver you want at that point. And there's just going to be a bunch from, I'd say about 20 to 50. There might be 10 receivers going that range. Very interesting. Um, Last guy for offense, Will Greer, West Virginia. You have him going in the first round, mm-hmm. not particularly early, but people have to go check that out. What do you think of him? Do you think he could be a riser? you think he ends up in the first round when it's all said and done, possibly? I think he does. I think it might be one of those years where someone takes a chance on him at the very end, sort of like Teddy Bridgewater, whereas he has the accuracy. I think he has a... The arm that uh, it's not a great arm in terms of arm strength, but I think his accuracy is very good. 
at multiple levels of the defense, but at the same time, simplistic offense at West Virginia. Uh, not, like I said, not a great, not an absolutely great arm and some bad decisions under pressure. It's not necessarily going to be a running threat with his legs at all. So he doesn't have that added. But I, I think that's a profile similar to, so I had him go into the Patriots in this, who I think would be, hmm. is a team that just needs to take a quarterback. So it's similar profile to what Jimmy Garoppolo sort of had coming out of Eastern Illinois, which is why I pegged him there. But a, a developmental guy who has some of the tools that you'd like, but not completely all of them to where you're going to go up and get him high. Makes sense. Makes sense. Or maybe he's an early second rounder to some of these quarterback mm-hmm. needy teams, you know, or they move up in the first, so they get the extra year. It seems like a good candidate for those type of things. Um, Mike, I don't know about you, but there's snow on the ground here at Pittsburgh, and we have a new sponsor since you were on last, Action Heat. It's pretty cool. I mean, they have the best battery-heated clothing in the world. You use one touch of a button, and you control your environment. It gets up to 135 degrees. The rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge. And it's kind of like heating panels in like a heated car seat that they have installed in their clothing, which is really cool. Uh, It's perfect for a friend or family on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, anybody that's just going to roll around the snow with their kids, any of that kind of stuff. This time of year, everyone's outside and playing in the snow, and this is perfect stuff. They got heated jackets, socks, gloves. Hats and even undergarments like you know, like a base layer shirt, long johns. So, Action Heat is available in men's and women's, and has great new styles and models just released for this winter season. So, make your winter activities more enjoy- enjoyable, and you can control your own environment with a blast of warmth. It's really cool. So, here's what you do: save twenty percent off your entire order. Go to actionheat.com/lockedon, all one word, all lowercase. You go check out everything they have to offer. It's actionheat.com slash locked on. Or use our coupon code locked on, again, all one word, lowercase, to check out and save 20%. So stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Very good stuff from them. Uh, as I mentioned, lots of defensive dudes to talk about here. And I'm going to start at the bottom with a name that I had never heard. You had him going 32nd, Osani, X-I-M-M-I-N-E-S. <laughs> Ziminus? I guess O'Shane's Jimenez is what I think. It's okay. Ziminus, something like that. Edge dude think. from Old Dominion. Old Dominion, yes. So it was a guy we liked actually going into the season. It was extremely productive at Old uh, Dominion's first a uh, few years there, and he's been easily the highest. He's been easily the most productive pass rusher in the nation this year. Now it's not coming against great competition, but even just so, watching him, yeah. you see other teams sort of basically anytime he gets a one-on-one with a tackle at that level, he's winning. Which I'm not even sure you can say that about Ed Oliver at this point in terms of as a pass rusher, he still doesn't win all his one-on-ones. But Ziminis is fantastic uh, in terms of his hand uses already. He's not a not an amazing athlete, but I think. Uh, he'll go to the senior bowl and turn some heads. He's already accepted his invite. I think he ends up dominating there in the one-on-ones because he's so so coordinated with his hands already that I, I, I think he ends up getting pushed up some draft boards after that. It's interesting. The year that I was a scout for the Browns, DeMarcus Ware came out. And about this time of year, you start thinking, you know, we, were, we knew we were picking very early. That was the year we took Braylon Edwards. We were thinking, maybe we could get that guy in the second round. And then yeah. all of a sudden we have, you know, we're thinking about him at third overall, you know I mean? <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, the small school guys, you just never really know until 
the full evaluation. You get them in house, that sort of stuff. It's just hard to gauge on tape with who no they're playing. Um, big school guy playing in the playoffs. Notre Dame's Jerry Tillery. He's interesting because he was sort of always teased. It's so obviously Notre Dame grad. I've watched basically. I've watched all their games over the past mm-hmm. few years. He had some games where he would go off, look like he was dominant, and he is sort of physically. He's six seven, has extremely long arms when he is on his game it's impressive to watch uh and he finally put it all together this year in terms of consistency down in down out looks like a guy that can anchor the interior of your defense and added some moves as a pass rusher so great out extremely well for us this year and i think uh physically he's going to check some uh, nice boxes as well yeah i'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit you have him going to seattle he to me he kind of sounds like a malik mcdowell what they wanted him to be type of guy Yes, that's that was sort of my exact reasoning. They hmm. never really that's what they wanted Malik McDowell to be an interior pass rusher, and they never really sort of got another guy to replace what they thought they were getting to McDowell. So I think that's something still missing in that defense. Yeah, and long obviously. Um edge defender from Florida, Jakai Polite. I hope I'm pronouncing his first yeah. name right. I don't know if I am or not. Is he's a part time player? Uh no, so he's a he kind of came out of nowhere. He was a part-time player the last two years. Oh, okay. He played a couple sure. hundred snaps uh, each of the past two seasons uh, and didn't even win the job until this spring. Wasn't even, he was still in the sort of a competition there. And if you watched him on tape, he added a ton of explosiveness this offseason. He might be the, might have the best first step of this whole edge class. So I think he's going to test off the charts uh, in Indy. Uh, it's been extremely productive. Still a little raw, but man, you can't teach that sort of explosiveness. So I think it's going to end up getting him drafted highly. Yeah, my hunch is that players with that profile, the arrow just keeps going up from this point on in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he's definitely one who's going to. I, I could end up being the first edge guy off the board when it's all said and done. Not over Bosa, though, right? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I was okay. Just, I just to be Bosa's clear in his own category. I just kind of. Well, since I brought him up, I'm going to think of the edge class. Yeah. Is Bosa <laughs> better than Miles Garrett coming out? Is he better than Chubb? With some some recent edge dudes. I mean, to me, Garrett's like the best I've seen. Yeah, I don't think he's better than Garrett. They're they're vastly different players in terms of who they are. But I, I think he's just safe. I, like I, mm-hmm. if I were to put them draft, if I were to draft over again, if I had them both looking at me at number one overall, I'd probably go Garrett just because the the potential there is probably greater. I mean, Garrett, you can't teach. There's not any other human being you know, made like the way he is. He's a freak of nature. But at the same time, Nick Bosa is incredibly refined. He's, I mean, he's about as safe as it gets in terms of the edge prospect. He's just, he's going to be able to rush the passer. He's about, he's a dead ringer for his brother on tape. And I think a little more athletic. So uh, yeah, I really have no question marks about him. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, is it, is it a shortcut to scouting to say, boy, he's just like his brother, if not a smidge better. I, I think it's usually lazy to do that sort of scouting, but they, I mean, they have the exact same moves. They have like right. they do the exact same stuff. Whatever it is, they really are. Like they are dead ringers. They wear the same number. They're about ten pounds difference and about an inch in height, and that's it. Equally productive, you know, refined, yeah. all of the above. Right? It's crazy. Um, you have three corners going in the first half of the draft: DeAndre Baker from Georgia, uh, Byron Murphy from Washington, and LSU's um, Greedy Williams. And you have him going first. Is Greedy a special prospect, you know, like a Patrick Peterson from LSU? And is there a big line of demarcation between these three? I'm not sure if he's – I don't think he's Patrick Peterson, but I think at the same time he's exactly what teams want at the cornerback position nowadays, which is 
big, physical. I mean, he's 6'3". Mm-hmm. Uh, going to be over 200 pounds. I'm not sure he's the freak athlete that Patrick Peterson is, but he can make up so much of that with his physicality, with how much length he has. Uh, I mean, I think he's pretty much fits what a modern cornerback is, and he's just dominated in the SEC every single for two years now. So pretty safe in that regard as well. So quick question I, on not, him: If yeah. you're a defense with greedy on your team and you want to play man against the Chiefs or Eagles, do you line them up on Ertz or Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, I think that's wow. more okay. his game than I don't think he's you're matching up with the Tyreek Hills of the world. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd like him more on Ertz than Antonio Brown. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about the other two? The um, a man from Washington, Byron Murphy, and Georgia's uh, DeAndre Baker. So Murphy's more like Denzel Ward coming out a season ago in terms of just he is in your hip pocket the whole round. Uh, he's just got fantastic athleticism, fantastic change of direction. Not necessarily a guy who's going to come up and press you, but can make plays in off coverage as well. I think he, they run a ton of cover three at Washington, and he makes – He's just great about breaking on, you know, that sort of 10-yard hitch route and breaking those up where a lot of guys just don't have the instincts, don't have the processing to see that coming quickly enough and make a play on those balls. He's been doing that regularly for Washington. So uh, I really like his skill set, but his size is probably going to push him down some boards. Okay. Uh, Baker's been kind of a big name for a while, huh? I mean, like... Yeah, DeAndre Baker has been. He's He was our number one graded corner last year uh, hmm. in terms of grading. Uh, he's... Probably more physical than Greedy, even though he's not as big. Uh, but he, I think he needs to be because he's not quite the athlete that Greedy is just from watching the tape. But he's so good. at the, His ball skills are great. I, I think that's his biggest thing is he, at the catch point, uh, just regularly does not often loses at the catch point. He's just so good about getting inside the guy's def- or wide receiver's arms, you know, raking ball out. He's very His ball skills are probably better than the other two in this class. Very cool. Well, for all you listening, you get you need to go to Pro Football Focus. Check out this article. The mock is much more detailed than, than what we just went into, and you match up teams with players. Uh, it's a very good one. We'll be back in a moment, and I'm just going to buzz around the NFL with a couple quick topics, too. All right, all right. I know you've been doing some work on the Cowboys, and I think the NFC East is all of a sudden pretty interesting, where the Giants don't stink anymore, but they're not in it. Washington yeah. might stink now and are out of it, in my opinion. And you can blame injuries, but it's kind of a trend with them. Are the Eagles capable of taking it? Are the Cowboys the best team? What if these, and one of these teams, or maybe both, probably not, get into the, into the dance? Can they make any noise when they get there? I think it's the Cowboys' division to lose. I think yeah. right now they're... I think the Amari Cooper trade was actually, I mean, what pushed them over the edge. The offense has not has looked much, much better, but it's just been the passing game has been more consistent since then. And this is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And the interesting thing is looking ahead towards the playoffs, the brand of football they play is just so different than everyone else in the NFC, basically. It's a defensive heavy control the ball sort of offense where uh, it's not like that's very different from the Rams, very different from the saints, saints right. very different from even the bears who in terms of they have great defense but they're not a ball control offense they're a big play offense so i think that's sort of a they could play spoiler if they go up against one of those teams i mean we always saw or i saw them beat the saints so it's gonna be fun to see what they can do yeah and they're like well they are gonna host the game assuming they win the division i mean if they get minnesota or seattle or i'm not 
sure who's going to be the five seed now off the top of my head. I like their chances at home. Yeah, I do too. Uh, the worrisome thing at this point, though, is like the offense still is not good. And they still think it's no. poorly sort of schemed in terms of what they could with the, with the talent they have. They could be, you could just do a lot of different things and they don't. And so if they do sort of, you know, make this late season run, they're probably going to hang on to Jason Pierre for another year. It's probably going to justify <laughs> right. his existence, even though it's the offense is not. I mean, they scored 13 points against the Saints. Every other team that scored 13 points against the Saints this year has gotten just the doors blown off them and they end up squeaking away with a win. So uh, the offense still has its issues. Yeah. Last note on the Cowboys. I think it's really interesting that the defense it's pretty much all homegrown. I mean, they're all drafted guys, young, should continue to get better. Uh, it's a good group, and I give that scouting staff credit, which I don't often do. They really built that defense through the draft. And then another draftable guy that I know you guys really liked was Michael Gallup, and I think he's starting to come on. I think Cooper being around helps him a lot. I think he could really be a quality number two sooner than later. Yeah, I think that is the thing. He was he was always kind of a number two. He was never going to be mm-hmm. a focal point kind of guy. But at the same time, once you know you met Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper is obviously the number one. That just puts you in the role he was supposed to be, and I think you're just going to look better in that role. You're not going to be getting you know any eyes from the defense. You're not going to be getting coverages rolled your way. So I think that's been a big help for him because that's his you know, the role he was probably supposed to be playing all along. Yeah, and just to go back to our draft talk. I really think when it's all said and done, they need a tight end. And from what I understand, there's four or five that might be top 50, top 60 worthy, huh? Yeah, that's the only thing is they keep playing themselves deeper. It's going to be right. taking late 50, late, you know, at this point. So giving up their first rounder for Amari. So they they could still maybe get one. I'm not sure exactly where the tight end class is going to fall, but I think there are about four or five good ones in this draft, depending on who declares. Yeah, okay. Um, last question for you, last subject for you. And they hit kind of close to home here. The Sunday night game, uh, the Steelers either gave it away, Chargers came back, however you want to look at it. But I previewed that game like crazy for Steeler Nation Radio, and I really thought they were equal teams. I thought both those teams didn't have massive weaknesses, with the exception of the Chargers special teams, even though they won the special teams battle. I also believe that that's going to be the first of two. Like, I think Sandy, or LA is going to come here for that 4-5 game in the wild card round. How do you look at these two teams? And who would you pick if they, they matched again in Heinz Field? Yeah, I think they are incredibly evenly matched. And it really depends on you know which QB is not going to be making the mistakes in the game. Is I think, the biggest thing. Uh, and so uh, I do think, though, the Chargers sort of have the trump card with their secondary. Just more of a playmaking secondary than the Steelers at this point. Steelers is kind of just a... I don't want to say smoke and mirrors sort of defense, but it's really not. They're not getting by on it with a ton of talent on the back end at this point. Uh, I want to so throw I, something in there because I'm glad you brought that up because a huge topic around here is, and it's ever, it's really been since Shazier's went down, was, okay, the defense is coming around, but they don't have any playmakers. Like, they only have one takeaway in the last three weeks. Like, they're not, ta- they're not making big plays, even though they rush the passer really well. Like, I don't know whose defense is better, the Chargers or the Steelers, but the Chargers have way more playmakers. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think the Steelers, so as much as they got criticized for, you know, the scheme, you know, leaving uh, got Keenan, Keenan Allen, Allen open on linebackers all day. And yeah. that game, Keenan Allen on linebackers, that, that's the scheme that's sort of protecting all these guys. If you go, mm-hmm. if you try to play man coverage on Keenan Allen, you're, he's going to burn you too. It's not like they have 
you know, it's not like Artie Burns would have done any better than LJ Fort was doing on Keenan. Allen. it's just, <laughs> right. they don't have the talent back there. So you're hoping you confuse, you know, that offensive line. That's not very good for LA with the blitz. You're hoping you get some guy running free and you don't, you can't play matchups. You can't worry about, you know, Keenan Allen because you just don't have, you don't have the horses back there to get it done anyway. So I think, uh, for as much as they got criticized for the scheme, there wasn't really much they ha- they could have done differently. Yeah, that's well said because they're one of you know last year everyone around here was like, man, all the big plays allowed, all the blown coverages in the secondary. You know, people were running eighty yarders against this team left and right. Well, this year everyone's praising them. They're not giving up the big play anymore. They're playing smarter. Well, there's compensation for that. Like you said, they're they're secondary. You're covering some things up. You're allowing the catch come up and tackle. You know, so in mm-hmm. a Rivers is going to pick you apart where Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield or Flacco, I mean, those guys aren't. And mm-hmm. we've seen that in Pittsburgh for years. But you can't have both unless you have pro bowlers everywhere. And in this game, they had the lead. And I think their biggest thing was we can't allow the big play. And they did on a punt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't blame the two. Like I said, the talent's just it's not a great defense. It's just mm-hmm. a, not a super talented defense outside of that front three on their defensive line. They use that. That's sort of the focal point in terms of we're going to run a lot of blitzes with them to get them free. You know, we're going to utilize their pass rushing ability to our advantage because there's really nothing else on that defense we can use to our advantage, you know? Yeah, I agree. Last note, though, Chargers always are terrible on special teams. They are again this year. They won that phase I just don't know that they'll continue to do that against upper tier teams or playoffs. I bet the special teams hurts them when it's all said and done. Oh yeah. That's just, I mean, that's a, like that's a, a bounce of the ball. That's a fumble. You know, that's something that just is a one-off that you don't account for. If that breaks against you, so be it. Uh, so I do think, like I said, I do think they're evenly matched teams. If I'm at, I'm probably taking whoever in the playoffs is going to be playing at home. If, I, if they do face again. Yeah. And it would probably be here. Cause I think the Steelers will win their division. and The chargers won't. But I do trust Rivers more than Roethlisberger. Yeah, Rivers is lights out this year. I, this is he's playing inspired football. It's the first time he's ever had you know an O line that's even halfway decent in the past right. decade or so. So I think that's a big part of it. No doubt. And they get Melvin Gordon back, and we will get you back next week, next Wednesday. Um, maybe we'll talk even more draft. I've been enjoying that quite a bit. It's getting to be draft season for a lot of these teams. Mike, thanks so much. This was a blast. For sure, Matt. Have a good one. All right, man. Take care.